welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee and Mr. Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow us yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and Akina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other programming from War Media, We Are Regal Radio. Please visit our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. Wherever you download your podcast, please make sure to search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio, and you can search for War on Anchor there as well. Also, we are on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but you can watch us do our thing live. Hello. 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 Oh, whatever. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, whatever. <laughs> We're, <good. laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it profusely. <laughs> we got tires. We had gas. Now we got tires, gas, and fuel in the tank. So we're getting ah. there. <laughs> yes, we are getting there. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I think, uh, oh, oh, I think, uh, I think Sid froze on us, but, uh, all right, so you know, while we you know, we reestablish connection, let let's get right to it and talk some bears. The bears, uh, what what more can you say about them at this point? The bears lost a lost a uh, I don't want to you know say heartbreaker or I guess I don't know to the lions thirty four thirty lions basically going through. We talked about it on um on our previous pod um, on Friday, Sid and I um. The Lions are basically starting from scratch. You know, they have no coach right now. They have no GM right now. But they were able to, you know, pull off the quote-unquote mild upset, if you will, against the Bears. So, Sid, I'll start with you. What do you think? Of, what did you think about the game and everything else that transpired? <laughs> uh, last week on the latest edition of Hashtag Bears Poop, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Trubisky actually played like a quarterback. Yeah. Your defense, as I predicted last week, is breaking, and it broke. You gave up two, 400 yards to Matt Stafford, or as Rob Parker from FS1 would say, stats Patford. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> Your special teams, okay, you got a couple field goals, whoop-de-doo. Your head coach, Matt Nagy, uh, some questionable calls down the stretch, including that last play of the game, which we'll get into in just a second. Overall, you played uh, 55 minutes of pretty good football, especially from the offensive end. But in the last two and a half minutes, you let the Lions score two touchdowns, which led them to their comeback victory. This does not look good. I wanted to get upset. I'm running out of words. Now, I hate to say this, but this is going to be the current thing from now until Black Monday on January 4th of 2021 when hopefully uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan's, Ryan Pace both get their pink slips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you know, see, I wasn't so hurt because I didn't expect nothing. See, I've learned 
not to expect anything. I expected a loss, even though I picked them to win. I expected a loss. I would hope they would surprise me and win. I, I mean, remember I said, what, a week, two weeks ago that I don't think they can win another game this year. And they may not win another game this year. But I was actually encouraged by David Montgomery and what the offense was doing. And the defense broke down. You take into effect, you know, you got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that didn't face pretty much the last two weeks because Stats Patford, as you put it, will probably get into the Hall of Fame simply because he got some amazing numbers. If he happened to win a playoff game, he definitely going to get in somewhere. And he may go down as, like, greatest quarterback in Detroit Lions history, kind of like Jay Cutler is our greatest quarterback. I mean, he got, <laughs> he got great numbers up there, though. You know? Hey, don't you disrespect but, Eric Kramer and Rodney Pete. <laughs> what about Jim Miller? <laughs> oh brother yeah, but, but yeah i mean i i didn't expect i didn't expect a lot out of them like you said it was some questionable situations at the end of that game uh not so mad at Allen robinson i mean he was just trying to get out of bounds yeah he should know better but at least we know he'll be quiet for the rest of the year and just hope he get another contract somewhere else but all of that talking he was doing, you can't run your mouth and make plays like that. You know, that's that's not cool. And that call, you mentioned that call, that call was crazy. Like, you had what they had, six straight passes that was completed before he decided to start three yards back mm -hmm. to get one yard forward. I don't know what, where do he come from with his running game where he feel you got to start three yards back to go one yard forward. Like, I've never seen that. Like, maybe I'm an old-school John Riggins-type running. <laughs> you know, I'm, I remember the Hogs and Washington-type guys. So, I, they never went backwards to go forward. So, and that's what the season has done. It has went backwards, and I don't see it going back forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – oh, gosh. I mean, I'm not surprised either that they lost. I mean, once – once Trubisky lost that ball while trying to throw it and they and the Lions defense forced that fumble, I was like, yeah, you know what, forget it. I, I don't care anymore. Like, you know, they, they should have won that game. And, and unfortunately, the defense, you can tell that they were getting frustrated. The offense, it, it, again, you know, shows how inept they are. They were passing when they should have been running, and they were running when they should have been passing, especially in those last couple of possessions. But that should have, you know, that would have sealed the game for them. But – you know, at, at, at this point, you're like, you know what, oh, whatever. I mean, like, let them lose out. I mean, it, it's the least they deserve. And, you know, it's just, it just shows you that you can tell that, you know, everything kind of has to be wiped clean and just start over. I mean, at, at this point, yes, Montgomery showed you some flashes. But, again, this was against a Detroit defense that's near the bottom in a lot of categories. Yeah. And, you know, that, that – and, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, did his thing. He didn't make too many mistakes. You know, he actually kept the Lions in it. He was a reason. So the fact that, you know, they were able to pull those off actually is surprising, but not really. So, I mean, this Bears team, you know, let, let, let the poopiness continue. Let, let's just let them lose out. Let them lose out the rest of the season. Who, who cares? Although, nobody, they're not going to go to the playoffs. So, you know what? It's all moot at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, y'all call it Bears poop. It's like diarrhea more so than Bears poop. It's just running garbage. Like, <laughs> Real bad, man. And I mean, like you say, it's embarrassing in a sense. But I think we checked out about three, four weeks ago. I mean, I can't speak for y'all, but I, I checked out about three weeks ago. And then when they went back to Mitch, I really checked out. 
because I don't see no future in nothing. Like, where do we even go get a quarterback from? I mean, I seen Mike Lennon playing yesterday. I mean, what, what do we do at quarterback going forward? I mean, we, you know, we, we got issues. Maybe we need to look into the college ranks. And I thought when that when that GM came, he said he was going to draft a quarterback every draft or something of that nature. And what they haven't drafted none. I don't, you know, I don't really get it. Like, you got to at least try. And I don't think they should, they got, I mean, they haven't tried. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Bryan as we discuss the Bears 34 to 30 loss to the Detroit Lions in week 13 at Soldier Field. We'll get to Mike Glennon later, Lamont. I was, I was watching some of that, that game live via my computer and we, as we'll break down the rest of the week 13 action later. But getting back to the Bears, Allen Robinson, I understand what you were saying, Lamont, about him getting out of bounds because the Bears did not have a timeout left, but he had enough time to reach for the first down marker and then get out of bounds. It, it, it wouldn't have come down to that David Montgomery play. If you cannot get one yard in the National Football League, you do not deserve to win. Let me, re, let me repeat that again. If you cannot get one yard in the National Football League, you do not deserve to win. What do we talk about all the time? Situational football, like head coach Bill Belichick or Belichick from the New England Patriots, in which we'll talk about them later as well. He talks about situational football, what to do when this happens, what to do when that happens. What are you prepared to do in every situation? And we talked about it all year, guys. This team comes out unprepared, lack of focus. They're one of the top teams in the league in, as far as penalties are concerned. Yes, the players have to be held accountable, but it all starts with your head coach. And it's been and what happened at the end of that game on Sunday is an indictment of what has been happening to this Bears team the last couple years. Sid, one quick question. Uh, technically, he got three yards and didn't make the fourth yard. That's the part I don't get. He got three yards because he started three yards back. He made it up to the line of scrimmage. So that's three yards right there. So maybe if he went from the line of scrimmage, he would have got one yard. So technically, he didn't get four yards, but he got three. So, Hashtag I mean, math. <laughs> Math. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, look, it's, it's just like, there was no excuse for him not to get that one yard to get that first down that probably would have ended it. But you know, it's just, look, you got to give credit to the Lions. I mean, once they were down, you know, they could have just easily folded, but they didn't. So, you know, they were able to kind of, you know, come back and, you know, Bevel was able to get his first win as a head coach. And I don't think he'll get the job, but you know, I, I think if this is a nice confidence boost because you should look. I think the Lions know, and the Bears and Bears and Bears fans know that the Lions should have won that first game. They didn't have Galloway. You know, Swoop wasn't there either yesterday, so there are basically no excuse. The fact that you know the defense. I want to get back on the defense for a second. The defense gave up over a 400 total yards. I mean, come on. I mean that 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 you know the, the Bears defense is showing. I think that that they're they're quitting now. I think they've quit. I really think they have, and I, and I, you know, and I think that maybe they were on to something when they said that, you know, maybe they, they maybe they are quitting. I mean, 462 total yards, no yeah. Callaway, no Swift. I mean, come on. 
that that that's not that's not acceptable. And you know, Robert Quinn, where are you? I mean, we we, we didn't see him anywhere. I mean, we yeah we yeah we you know we heard yeah, one tackle. Yeah, one yeah, tackle. one tackle. Yeah, I mean, um, again, one. Um, you know, Mac. You know, he didn't. Oh, look, yeah. Look, I know. I know. Everybody wants to say that. Well, Mac was hell, but look, you know, so is Aaron Donald. I mean, some of the top, you know, defensive, you know, line, you know, defensive ends and linebackers in the league are, you know, are being held a lot. So, like, I don't, don't, don't give me that either. But uh, I mean, the, there is a lot of issues on both sides of the ball at this, you know, right now, this point of the season, and it's just like let let's just wipe the slate clean and just start over. You listen to Second City Sports Zoom style. We're talking Bears along with Sydney Brown and Lamont Scott. I'm Lakina McGee. Uh, you know, I'm all up to, full, to the floor to you guys. What do you think needs to happen? What should happen? Um, <laughs> pink slips and green cards. I mean, they got to start from the top. Clean house. Clean house. Because do you trust them picking our next quarterback? I don't. So if you don't clean house from the top, it's going to be a problem. I mean, you need to lock ownership up in their uh, estate, lock them in their little estate, get some new people in there, and start over. I mean, we got to start over with some quarterback, and I think that's what they should be starting to focus on. Look around the league, see who coming out of college. We're we going to end up with about the seventh pick probably, see who coming out. See, can we make some shuffling, grab one of them quarterbacks that's coming out? Even if he's a quote-unquote project, it can't be worse than what we got. And we might as well throw the third string guy out there and let him see that we got an arm. I mean, you never know till you try. I said this on our last podcast, and I'll say it here uh, today. Both Nagy and Ryan Pace should go, but – after reading on some stuff and listening to some stuff over the weekend, Matt Nagy has two years left on his contract after the season. Of course, Ryan Pace still has one year after the season. What I think is going to happen is that Ryan Pace will go and Matt Nagy will stay, which means that whoever's the new GM or vice president of player personnel, they will have one year to decide if Nagy is the guy going for it. That's what I think is going to happen. What uh, in, in the history of this franchise, Besides hiring Mike Diganell's on um, George House's last breath until he passed away in, I want to say, late 83, early 84, when he hired Mike Dicka. Well, he hired Mike Dicka at 82. He died 82, a couple of years yeah. later. But outside of that, when do you know that this Bears franchise has made the right decision? They had to be shamed in almost in the same situation that this Bears team is in now six years ago to fire Mark Tressman. They weren't going to do it, but this – but. The Bears team at the time was so bad, uh, issues were in that locker room, which spilled out onto the field. Of course, some of the players that are left over from the Lovey era, they were old and they had to go. And everything just blew up in their face. So the McCaskies were embarrassed enough where they had to force to fire Mark Tresman because originally they weren't going to do it. And then yeah. now they're facing the same predicament. I just can't see them paying Matt Nagy for two years and releasing him. Should they do it? Yes. Are they going to do it? Unless I see it on, on January 4th of Monday of 2021, I do not trust the McCaskies making the right move. I'm with you, Lamont. If they're going to uh, clean house, you clean house of everybody. You just can't clean one part and leave the other one dirty and semi-clean. That's just That just won't work. Yeah. 
That's like putting deodorant on a musky body. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think we're seeing sort of this team base has given up, basically. I think once, you know, once Trubisky gave up that fumble and, you know, deep in their own territory and they were, you know, the Lions were able to do what they did and ha- score that game-winning touchdown. You can kind of tell that the defense – they didn't show it too much, but you could tell the defense was dejected. They were like, really? And, you know, Hicks, you know, who knows if Hicks – Akeem Hicks is 100%. He didn't look like himself. Um, if you're Allen Robinson, like, do you really want to stay? Like, seriously? I mean, come on. So, I'm, I'm kind of at this point where you just – like okay, what 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 do you do here? So like I, I mean I I don't know where the, I don't know where the where the the Bears go from here. I honestly don't. You know, Anthony Adrian Peterson body language on that last touchdown showed you how weak the Bears was. You see, when he came through there, he like had to stomp it off. Like y'all can't stop me. I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> y'all can't stop me. Like he came through there and had an attitude, and that that just summed up that whole defensive feeling they probably was like you know i mean the checking out ain't a bad thing sometimes i guess right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely well now when your job's on the line yeah i mean sure absolutely. Most, you it, most of them jobs not on the line you know the defense pretty much all of them got contracts who, who, who coming up for a contract not nobody important really so they looking at next year they like man we get some new management in here we get some new people in here we can move forward they all gonna be back pretty much next year, so they yeah I can see some of them saying we good we'll see you next we'll see you in spring training they're gonna blame it on COVID it was the COVID season and and roll the dice on next year. Speaking of one of the free agents to be on the Bears team besides wide receiver Allen Robinson, another wide receiver slash kick returner slash running back is Coradell Patterson. He had ten carries for fifty nine yards, including a rushing touchdown in the first quarter. It's nice to see that uh, Coradell Patterson can run uh, forward besides uh, his occasional two carries. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> well, you can tell he wanted that win, too. So, yeah. I, I mean, he did what he usually – you know, look, he, he ran, you know, he made some, you know, keeps. Um, you know, he kept the chains moving for the most part, you know, especially, you know, not until the end, but – Again, they didn't have a hundred-yard rusher for the Bears. They've only they've only done it once already this season. So I don't. I mean, I don't. What? I mean, if you're a quarterback, pass, do you really want to stay? I mean, do you or do you want to try to go somewhere else and maybe perhaps go Lose someplace? Some or maybe if you want to try to see if we can get you another ring, I guess. I mean, I don't know. But let me let me ask you a question. So, is it me or does it seem like because you mentioned Cordell Patterson running side to side? Does it seem like all of all of their run plays start side to side or in the backfield? Like when do they have a running play that starts at the line of scrimmage and goes forward? It seems like everything starts backwards or sideways. Like I don't never see them just say, "Okay, let's run this person over." That's why they can't get one yard. I mean, it make it make you wish for Mark Bortz and Covert and Keith Van Horn and them cats. It make you just man, you know, go all the way back. Getting be somebody that can run somebody over. I don't see them ever go forward, and that'd be so frustrating. Like, we why we can't go forward? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, you had a, you, you're correct, Lamont, but I'm a loss of words for that one. That comes down to coaching once again. 
Yeah, I mean, they all start sideways or backwards. Like, it's like he's scared to just go forward. Like, look at and Cordell Patterson, the perfect example. He always going to the side before he can even go forward. So by the time he cut to go forward, he tied anyway. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> not, you know, I don't get it, man. I really don't. That's why I hope our next coach at least know how to run the ball. Even if we losing, at least he going forward. <laughs> It was nice to see Cole Clement show up on the stat sheet yesterday. Five catches, 37 yards, including the first quarter touchdown. Darnell Mooney, four catches, 43 yards, including a 21-yard reception. And David Montgomery, the running back you mentioned in Lamont, four catches coming out of the backfield for 39 yards. Anthony Miller, it's nice to see him show up on the stat sheet as well. Five catches for 56 yards. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but they're not, they didn't use them as much as they should have, and that's unfortunate. And that's actually, unfortunately, been the theme this season that yeah. you're not using your, you're not using your wide receivers how you're, we used to. I mean, and also, you're not using your running backs like you used to. I mean, look, Bilal, on the defense side, look, was made some stops. You know, he had an interception early in the game, but yeah. you didn't hear too much from him after that. So I, I would say, I, I don't know what else you, you can't say. But, you know, again, I'm okay with not hearing from the person as long as I'm not hearing from the person that they're guarding. You know what I'm saying? If I don't hear the cornerback name and, and I don't hear that wide receiver name, I'm okay because I know he's doing his job. It's when they had them gaping holes and, like, he mentioned Cole Komet. Why we wasn't throwing it to him? We've been throwing the ball to Jimmy Graham, what, six times a game, every game. I mean, we drafted him number one for a reason, right? That wasn't that, that, wasn't that our first pick for a reason? Yeah. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. supposed to. Yep, they're not using them though. That and that's another another problem that they've been, they haven't been using them. Go back, to coach. Also, yeah. know, real, real quick before you know. Oh, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what's get lost in all this too is Mitchell Trubisky. Like I mentioned in the open, he actually looked like a a, cap, a comparable capable NFL quarterback. I know he only had 267 yards in the first quarter touchdown pass, but he had a quarterback rating of. 108.3, his best in a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he looked better on the move. Like, if, when, they go, when they go tempo, it looked like he works better because he don't have to try to outthink the person in the defense on the other side. He just, man, let's get it, let's go. Yep. And he looked like he worked better that way, but I don't see how we can see that and they can't see that and they get paid umpteen times more than us. Yeah. As you always say, Lamont, coach your team and not your scheme. Coach your <laughs> team and not your scheme. I will give your defense this, though. I mean, Roquan Smith, you know, he had nine tackles, seven solo tackles. I mean, look, that guy is a beast, and it, it, you wonder, you know, are we kind of wasting him? You know, screen, look, screen had, look, I meant, you know, screen had some key plays as well, but they didn't do it when it counted, and I think that's sort of the that's sort of like the big sort of, you know, red, you know, red light for me. The fact that they did do their job, but they didn't do their job when they had to. You said red light, not flag. You got the whole light. I got a whole, oh, I'm going for the whole light. I'm going for the whole light. No, no flag. I'm going for a whole neon red light. Oh, yeah. Light. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about with this game before we talk about the rest of the league? Uh man, no. Yeah, let's throw the yeah let's throw the best in the in the trash bag until next week when uh Deshaun Watson tears him up. But we'll get into that part on on our next podcast over the weekend. Yeah, 
Deshaun Watson revenge game coming up, coming at you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another woulda, shoulda, coulda guy. That's a, he a woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh huh. Yep. We'll find. Yeah, we'll find out who uh, who on the CBS crew gets stuck calling that game, and I because I feel bad for them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, week thirteen saw some pretty in, a lot of surprises and also some great performances. So what stood out to you guys in week thirteen? Lamont, I'll start with you. Man, I'm gonna I'm, I'm go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, well, I'm gonna say some of that for the studs and duds. But what, what I was uh, surprised and not too surprised with, I told you I had a chance to look at that New Orleans team a little bit. I don't know if they can hold up in the playoffs. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, that, that defense may not survive the first round. Definitely not the second round if they continue to do that. Now, I know they say Drew Brees not there, so that's why it was a struggle, but. I'm not sure. Alvin Kamara can he's Superman right now. And his name should come up in the MVP talk sometime. But at the same time, I don't think their defense can hold through. So they I you know I watched that one and I was a little, you know, nervous because I don't I mean, yeah, they, they run in the league right now, but Green Bay is throwing arrows at the back of their head. And <laughs> I don't see I don't see them being able to duck them arrows. And you know, not only just the Green Bay. Right now, they look like any team can score on them. So we we gonna see. It's gonna be interesting. So I, I I watched that game. Like I say, a couple of them other games gonna show up in our list. So other than I'll, that, yeah, pick yeah, piggybacking off your Saints and Falcons point, Lamont. I did watch some of that game. It looked like New Orleans were gonna do to Atlanta what they did to Denver last week and blow them out early. But Atlanta. Even though I did pick them on Friday to upset the Saints, Atlanta's defense was not that great. I think it was more of New Orleans going through the motions, to be honest with you. And Atlanta's offense did not look great either, even though you had Julio Jones and Todd Gurley back from injuries in their lineup. The Falcons' defense offense did not wake up until their fourth quarter, and they still had a chance to win the game on the last play of the game. New Orleans, I agree with you, for, for this past Sunday, they got lucky – Again, uh, not of Atlanta with the victory. They really did impress me. They really uh, – they, they started off hot early, but I kind of got that feeling like, oh, they're going to they're gonna put the, their foot on the necks of the Falcons early, and they just couldn't oh. – they just couldn't dominate. Right. right. The only thing they managed to do is not lose while Breeze was out. So he come back next week, and they didn't lose the game while he was gone. So that, you know, they showed that they had some stand power. And they have something we don't have, coaching. <laughs> <laughs> he, adjusted, he adjusted that whole team around, around Tyson Hill. He adjusted his whole offense around Hill so they can win them games. And that was called coaching, Mr. Nagy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I got to say what impressed me and, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll stretch it out when we do our studs and does is the New York Giants. Whatever Joe Judge is, you know, telling his guys – Keep going, because they seem to be buying it. And look, Colt McCoy, you know, who hasn't played a regular season game in like what three or four years, had an interception early on, but he settled in, didn't make too many mistakes. And look, their defense, I mean, I they they basically had Russell Wilson, you know, chasing <laughs> they're basically chasing Russell Wilson around all game. You know, he was sacked five times. So you know, look, 
again, a game that the Bears should have lost was against the Giants, and that was when they had everybody healthy. So they're five and seven, and look, they may end up winning the NFC East. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, everyone else is still in it, but I don't know. <laughs> I wish we was in the East. We was in the East. We're, we'll be in first place in the East. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, so let's do our studs and does for week 13. Sid, I'll start with you. Or not. Okay, so, okay, go ahead, Lamont. <laughs> okay. Uh, studs, as I look at uh, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson. Get a stud for finally listening to the people and taking that man out the game and inserting Jalen Hurts. He should have been took Wentz out the game, but I understand why $35 million is a lot of money to sit on the bench. But eventually you got to have some, you know what, and you got to make that call. And he had them to make the call. So he get a complete stud for finally pulling the plug on that. Uh, my second one, yeah, the, the New York football giants. Like, they they pulled it off with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, I wish he was our quarterback at one time. Like, I, I mean, right, right now, I would have took him because it looked like he was competent and capable. And, you know, they get the second one. And the third one is a team that I haven't given any respect to all season long and a quarterback. But I did mention that they would be better the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. I told people that Cleveland would be better off when when Obi when he when he got hurt. When he went out, I said, "Well, Cleveland might turn out to be better now because he don't have to worry about him and making sure he's satisfied." So now that he doesn't have to do that, and he showed people that he can pass. Plus, the weather been horrible up there in Cleveland. He showed the people he could pass. And win a game. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 gonna get I'm gonna get them a little love because they got a great record right now, and they like a sleeper team that don't nobody want to see. Before I get to my three studs, uh, going back to that Giant Seahawks game yesterday, I, I watched the end of that game via my computer. Uh, Russell <laughs> Wilson, Russell Wilson, as you we talked about all year, Lamont. Uh, you can cancel those MVP ceremonies uh, for 2020. He's not going to get I don't care what he does for him next week on. Uh, he's not going to win the MVP. He'll go to somebody else. And so they have problems. But I think they'll get back on track because they have the Jets going up there next week uh, to play the Seahawks. So uh, Russell Wilson for MVP this year, you can cancel that. For the Giants, they actually had a run game. Wayne Gallman, 16 carries for 135 yards. Their defense actually showed up. And they gave it to Seattle. So, uh, like I said, Seattle, along with the Saints, are battling for the number one spot in the uh, NFC to see who gets home field advantage. So uh, the Giants deserve their props. Uh, number two, uh, the, Cle the, Cleveland, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns, as you mentioned, LeBron, and they'll, they'll be one of my three studs in just a moment. I watched that entire first half via my computer. Yeah. Baker Mayfield came out on fire. That defense was on point. And Tennessee didn't know what to do. I know they got it together in that second half. It was too little, too late. But you have to give it up to Cleveland yesterday. They really came out to play. Yes. Right. For now, for, for, for my three studs, number one, Darren Waller for the Las Vegas Raiders, 13 
uh, catches for 200 yards, including two touchdowns. My second sub is Baker Mayfield. You saw what he did uh, against the Titans. And my third stud is the New England special teams. One black field goal returned for a touchdown before the end of that first half, and they had a special teams punt return also for a touchdown. Okay. Ooh, nice. All right. My turn. Um, you know, my studs go to the Green Bay Packers again. You know, they made it close. You know, the Eagles made it close. You know, when, when Jalen Hurts came in and gave the, the offense that spark, but Look, Aaron Rodgers being the seventh quarterback to pass for over 400 touchdowns. So, congrats to him. A couple of those were to Devontae Adams, won my fantasy fantasy league this week. Yay. Um, their, defense, <laughs> their defense is just enough. And so, it looks like the Packers will have that division wrapped up maybe perhaps next week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Rams. Basically, because you know they really didn't have to do too much. But that was a that was actually I watched some of that game via my laptop. Um, Jared, <laughs> oh, she got the laptop. Yes, yes, gotta be specific here. Uh, Jared, Goff, <laughs> Jared Goff had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run, and also their running backs, you know, Cam Akers and also Daryl Henderson Jr. I mean, they each had a touchdown rush as well. You know, of course, you know their defense, their defense. Of course, Aaron Donald, you know, did what they're supposed to do, sort of slow down. That um, that offense of the Cardinals, and it looks like they may have that division wrapped up with, especially with Seattle being upset by the Giants. And my third one is, of course, the Giants. Like I said, whatever Joe Judge is doing, you know, let's keep it going. And like I said, Colt McCoy didn't make a lot of mistakes, and their defense showed up as well. And Wayne Gallman, of course, you just mentioned it, Sid. They may have that division wrapped. They might be on the driver's seat in the NFC East, so we'll see. We still gotta, I think they still gotta play each of the East, you know, at least once more. But should be a fun down the stretch. And I never thought I'd be saying yeah, in the, NFC East. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, sir. and the Giants host the Cardinals next week. Oh yes, yeah, so that should be an interesting game. Ooh, that should be a, an interesting one. Could be for a playoff. Uh, that might be for the playoffs, you know, because the Cardinals they gotta keep. They got to keep pace. So they'd be out the playoffs right now. They started today. So we'll see with yeah. that one. Um, your duds, guys. Uh, well, I, I mean, they shouldn't get it, but the Chicago Bears. Oh, my goodness. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. Yeah, the whole team. <laughs> Matt Nagy on down. Get it. I'm not just giving it to Allen Robinson. Uh, Matt Nagy on down. Get it. So, yes, they can have one. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, they, yes, Russell Wilson will not be an MVP again this year. He had an MV6, maybe an MV7. Good games. That's kind of what he had. So, yes, he, they, will, they will get it. And then the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you got people asking for that man's job out there. I want to ask y'all how y'all feel about that. But, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, too much talent on both sides. I mean, you got a future great quarterback. You got a few All Pros on defense. How does that happen? And in the NFL, how does that happen? That's a good question. That's a good question. My three duds are the Arizona Cardinals, the Philadelphia. Eagles, even though Jalen Hurts did give him a, a spark when he came in in that third quarter. 
But my third dub will be now ex-defensive coordinator Greg Williams, who was given his pink slip and link cards right before we recorded this podcast. Of course, uh, safety, uh, Marcus May, who had two penalties on that last drive when the Las Vegas Raiders took the lead and eventually won the game. Uh, Greg Williams, uh, um, players on the Jets were upset uh, following Sunday's loss to the Raiders. Of course, the Jets were down 24-13. I did watch some of that game via my computer. Uh, uh, they made a, val- a valuable comeback. They actually played like they wanted to win. But but some of the Jets de- uh, defensive players complained about Greg Williams calling the all-out blitz on fourth down, which led to the game-winning touchdown by Ruggs for the Raiders to clinch a win on the road, and, and what happens? Greg Williams got his pink slip and link card, so there's your party guest for the holidays, fool. But, but Sid, <laughs> Sid he, he shouldn't have been the only one. If you're going to give him out over there, they should have gave him to a few people. And that defense can't say nothing because y'all are the same ones that was giving out dirty hits for this man a few weeks ago. So y'all been playing dirty for him. Now he do something y'all don't like. Y'all turn on him. That's just like a backstabber right there. No. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I was out here doing hits for this man. Now y'all want to complain for the boss? No. Get out there and do a hit. Go hit somebody else now. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Oh, I saw I saw the end of that game yesterday. Like, my God, what the hell was the what the heck was that? Oh my goodness. Um and yes, he Shout out to Spiro Dita's friend of the yes. show. He had a great call um yes. during that game on Sunday. Oh yes, yes, I absolutely I definitely concur <laughs> and that had to have been a crazy game for him and Anna Marchella the call because that 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 ending was just insane. My duds, the Cardinals, Zane Gonzalez can miss another field goal. There will be kicker, kicker tryouts outside of in Glendale, Arizona, uh, I'm sure, next season because you've had multiple chances to – this team should have a better record right now. They should be maybe, what, 9-3, and three, maybe 8-4 and four at most. At but, least. Yeah. But, yeah, but you're 6-6. Six and six, You're at the playoffs as of this as of this recording, as of right now. So, you're, you know, Kyle Murray, you got to take care of the ball, my friend. You can't be, you know, free willing with the ball. You, you can't do that. Um, defense, maybe perhaps maybe invest in some more, maybe a veteran, a veteran yeah. front seven guy, just saying. But, uh, yeah, they're my, they're my duds. Um, Seattle, I mean, what the heck, what the heck, what, what, I mean, what, I mean, that O-line for, that O-line, my God, I mean, we made fun, look, we've, they've had issues with their front, you know, their front seven on defense, their O-line has been atrocious, as Russell Wilson's whole career, five times he got sacked, five times, come on, that, that's just, that's just absurd, and my last dud, and, you know, God, this is just <laughs> oh, 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 Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what. Like, I, look, I know your defense isn't much to write home about. We we talked about this, but giving up all those points and all those yards over 450 yards. I mean, total yards. Come on. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry fumbled, which is like. That that's rare. That rarely happens. So three hundred and something times, right? Yeah. So and I don't think that was just his second, his his like his third of his whole career. So yeah, you kind of lost your chance of sort of you know wrapping up the AFC South. But uh, yeah, those are my duds. 
Going back to that Jacksonville, Minnesota contest from Sunday, uh, your Minnesota's kicker, Dan Bailey, missed two extra points. And, of course, uh, Chase McLaughlin missed an extra point for the Jacksonville Jaguars, including uh, a 61-yarder. I understood why um, head coach – I forget his name. That escapes me Mike for Zimmer. the moment. Mike Zimmer. Uh, oh, no, I'm talking about the Jacksonville. Doug oh, Marone. Uh, he yeah. went for it at, at the end to try to win the game. But uh, KK was not in the cars for both of those teams yesterday. Of course, Minnesota won in overtime 27-24. But give, I'll say this, give Jacksonville credit, even though they cannot break their losing streak yet. They're showing more fight and more heart uh, than our Chicago Bears. And I wish this game was next week, but it'll be in two weeks uh, when the Bears travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. As Lamont mentioned early in this segment, Mike Glennon, uh, he had a key turnover, especially in overtime. But up until that point, he he was playing his butt off. Boy, if he playing when the Bears play, ooh, he going to light us up for 400. He going to light us up for 400. (laughs) (laughs) The year of Glennon. The Mike Glennon revenge game coming up coming up in two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> don't light us for 400 i can see it coming. oh yeah look i mean that that jacksonville team is not as bad as a lot of people think i mean they're not taking necessarily but i don't think they're going to try to win a lot of games so we'll see what they do once they do play the bears like you said they might end up winning that game at this point because at this point i don't really care <laughs> i don't really yeah. care anymore so like, they, they might end up winning that game. I'll be sure you're hard for them. <laughs> and for Mike Glennon, too. <laughs> Me, too. Well, yeah, I want to ask you, ask you guys this question before we head off of the segment. If you're Philadelphia, should you start uh, Jalen Hurts, even though you're still technically in the NFC race, but uh, this team is not going anywhere for 2020, uh, would you start Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season? I'll go ahead and put in my vote. I would say yes. You know, I, I would want to, but – it's going to be hard to explain 35 million on the bench, see? But he has but he hasn't gotten Carson Wentz hasn't gotten it done all year and, and number 2, he has attitude problems and he's rubbing his teammates the wrong way and, it, and it's been like that ever since he's been there. Yeah, and and you look at it like maybe they can dump him on us or something, but it's going to be hard. That's going to be a huge contract. That's a lot of contracts. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money though. And yeah. I don't think they miss Cat McCass is going to want to do that. Yeah, you can't, but you know, I could, I mean, I would definitely start him. I want him to start, but it's kind of hard to put that money on the bench. Like, how do you even explain it? I, yeah, I would say they probably will. I think they will. If I were Doug Peterson, I think I would give Jalen Hurts a try. You saw the spark that they had against the Packers yesterday. So, yeah, I know that 35 million, yeah, that's a lot of money to leave out on the bench, but we've heard like the stories of guys. You know, and also Wentz not have you know have any attitude issues, and you know his teammates don't really get along with him. So they can I always would be say they can always say he injured and put him and put him on the bench. He hurt. That's you know, put him in put him in COVID protocol. He hurt. You know, do what y'all gotta <laughs> do. Do what y'all gotta do not to put him back out there. You know. It, you know, it won't be the first time teams have done things to put quarterbacks in the game. I mean, stuff like that happened in California all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think you want to see what you have. I mean, there's a reason why they drafted him. I think that's that's probably why his leadership skills. I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. So, 
if mm-hmm. I were if I were Doug Peterson, I probably would you know bench Wentz and see what you got in Hurts because you technically you're still in the hunt for the oh, NFC yeah? East, oddly enough. So you, let, let's see what you got. Yeah. All right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we got still got a lot to talk about, too. We got college football, you know, some great performances, also COVID, we can have it again, and maybe a rule that we talked about earlier a few weeks ago might come to fruition in the Big Ten. We'll see about that. Also, college hoops. Top two teams couldn't play because of COVID. Also, COVID's wreaking havoc there as well in college hoops and also in the NBA, too. So, got a lot to talk about still. So, we'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom. Zoom style. Uh, welcome back to hour two of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> I'm Lakina McGee once again. You can follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter, easy for me to say, and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly, Sid the Kid, on Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can go to our website at WeAreRegalRadio.com. You can follow this podcast along with our other podcast programming for more media by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, including on iHeartRadio. Download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor in that search engine box. We are also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Look alive! There we go. <laughs> I won't sing this time because my Zoom may go out. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Zoom's trying to tell you something. Maybe the Zoom's trying to tell you something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, a, a busy week on the college ranks. Um, some yes. interesting uh, developments in the uh, college football aspect of it. You need cancellations. There were some upsets. So what did you see, Lamont, this weekend? Uh. Actually, I saw a few things that impressed me. I got a couple of uh, petty on the bat, so I'm going to give out. Um, one, I'm, I'm going to start with uh, the Coastal Carolina team. Beating, beating BYU. Is Coastal Carolina for real? That's the question. The fighting Chanticleers. The fighting Chanticleers. You gotta say it. The Chanticleers. Yeah, you gotta because you get mad when you say it wrong. But yeah, they say they the real deal. They say people say they too small, but they the real deal. And after seeing Indiana a couple of weeks ago, who's very small, play with a big team, I would I would just like to see them play somebody a little better than BYU, and just to see them play somebody better, just to either put up a shut up type situation. But uh, something else that impressed me was um, kid out of a mate, Louisiana, plays for Alabama. I think his name is Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. And he put up like what, like four hundred and some yards. I think what he no, he put up like two some two thirty one. I think and had like three touchdowns. But 
he was like the fastest player on the field. Like every player seemed like he ran past them. Like, and, and maybe it's because they was playing, you know, LSU, but he ran past everybody on that team every time he went out to get like a ball. He was just doing his thing. Like LSU was looking real bad. And and then a shout out to the uh the quarterback from Notre Dame. I think he like set a record or something, the winningest quarterback or something that he uh he he won. But he should be going pro, right? That's why we can't here, here. why we can't draft him. I'm just saying, we need somebody. <laughs> Brother needs somebody. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Sid? Uh, Clemson getting back on track, defeating Virginia Tech 45-10. Of course, Lamont, I'm not going to rub it in, but uh, the final line night losing to Iowa, the, that my was Zoom ugly. My Zoom was blinking in and out. What's it say? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go with those tricks again. Yeah, Iowa defeating Illinois uh, 35-21. The Miami Hurricanes, I did watch this game uh, the first half anyway. They shut out Duke 48 to nothing. And uh, Indiana, again, a big win over Wisconsin, 14-6. to six. Uh, So it looks like uh, if should Northwestern do what they have to do next week and being uh, Lovey's final line, they'll be in the Big Ten title game. Now, you know Illinois is going to upset them to keep them out that game. They've already clinched, so it won't even – it won't matter. They've already clinched the, uh, the, the West, so it won't even make a difference. Uh, but they still need to win for morale, talking about Northwestern. Because <laughs> yeah. they haven't played it in a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. Well, also another team that, that didn't miss a beat despite missing their head coach and some of their top guys, the Ohio State Buckeyes, they were able to, you know, save off an upset mine in Michigan State team. Justin Fields threw for two touchdowns and, and you know, rushed for two, so – they looked really good. You know, it looks like their game against Michigan will be on. Uh, we'll see. I know Michigan was practicing. They hadn't practiced in a couple of weeks. So yeah, that'll be interesting. That's an interesting um, story to keep an eye on there. Um, Texas A&M, I mean, it feels like they're not being talked about much. I guess since they lost to Alabama, they're, they're like, hey, you know what? Nobody, like, really cares about them. Yeah. So, Sort of like a, they're kind of been on the pay no mind list. I mean, pay no mind list. I think Kellen Mond, I think, um, set a record. I believe. Um, I think like most like uh, touchdown passes by an SEC quarterback. I think he joins a, a pretty exclusive list. So some people said maybe the Bears should. Pro- this is this year year too. So maybe some people say that that should be somebody the Bears could probably look at. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he'll be a later draft pick because he's a senior. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the, the look at somebody. What was that, Lamont? They can look at somebody. <laughs> right. Um, look, it looks like it's going to be Iowa State and Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship. I mean, I know Oklahoma's going to want their revenge because they lost to Iowa State earlier this, this season. So we'll, we'll see once, you know, like if it once it's all official and, and such. Um, Cincy and Tulsa, well, we'll talk more about those games on Friday, but uh, – I mean, it looks like that could probably perhaps be for the American. That should be a fun – that'll be a fun one there. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I mean, I think for the rest of the season, I I think this is sort of like, you know, week 15 is sort of like 
you know, people positioning themselves because Oregon and Washington, that could be perhaps for the Pac-12 North. And they'll, mm-hmm. the winner of that will probably end up playing USC in the Pac-12 title game in a couple of weeks. Yeah, USC barely getting by in their game uh, late on Saturday, uh, defeating Washington. Washington State, I Washington should say, State, 38-13. They dominated them, but it didn't look good early, but they uh, they got they got it together late, uh, especially defensively in that second half. I know they came out on fire scoring 28 points, but um, they, they did what they had to do. I'm talking about USC. Yeah. yeah. And the only, only other thing in college football that will that affect me personally, I'm, I'm, uh, they're having the Bayou Classic. But yep. they have it in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be in Shreveport, and it's like April. So I did get my uh, clearance to go to that. So I'm gonna go see that because that's. So hopefully, you can give us some uh, exclusive inside access. Yeah, I'm, I will be there. I mean, it's in Shreveport. I don't really like Shreveport like that, but that's a game that's for that whole state. They had to play it, and, and New Orleans was trying to get them to do anything to get it done. If the if the Superdome was a retractable stadium, they might have played it in New Orleans. But the dome isn't, so that's why they had to move it. Hmm. Yeah, interesting development there. That's a that's a, a big you know traditional uh, game between them. So the fact that they had to do it in Shreveport this year, like with everything yeah. else in COVID, I mean that that's a bummer. But at least they're gonna try mm-hmm. to get it in. So we'll go. That's to National championship. COVID gonna win the national championship. COVID is dominating. COVID is the toughest team out there. Like they. they <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the college. Uh, college hardcore for a second. Some college hoops. Uh, a big upset that happened yesterday. Um, Georgia Tech upsets Kentucky. Kentucky with their worst start, I think, since Calipari. I think first started there. So yay. <laughs> They running out of money. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, and uh, Villanova and Texas in one of the holiday tournaments yesterday. So that should be, yeah, that was a fun one there. I actually was able to watch a little bit of that game. So, yeah, what have you guys have you guys watched any college hoops so far? What have, if you have? What has impressed you? Um, I watched uh, I watched Illinois that uh, game the other That's day. The I called them. And I called Gonzaga. Uh, twenty dollars. Damn. <laughs> I watched them and I watched Gonzaga. I haven't watched anybody else too much yet. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to get into it uh, at all. Looking, I did watch the Illinois game from last week against Ohio, and they barely got by them. I know they're supposed to have a good team this year. I did check out some of that um, Michigan State Duke game from earlier this week. I know there was. Tom Izzo's, uh, the head coach of the, of the Spartans, it was his first victory against Duke in the regular season. Uh, Duke, uh, they're still going to be a good team, but they're not as dominant as they have been in years past. So we all we talked about it last year about being parity in college basketball. It may still be that way again this year, but like you, like you guys have been saying, COVID's wreaking havoc already. I was looking forward to that Gazaka game on Saturday, but, you know, it was canceled due to COVID. Yeah, they were supposed to, yeah, them and Baylor were supposed to play on Saturday, but unfortunately mm-hmm. there were some um, COVID positive tests among the Zags players, and so they had to cancel that. It, I mean, uh, Louisville, Wisconsin, they were supposed to play tomorrow, but due to 
COVID protocols. That game got postponed. UConn has had to suspend team activities again after a positive test. I think this is the second time in like a month that they've they've had to pause mm-hmm. team activities and they were just sort of starting to kind of get back into the groove. So, I mean, COVID's already we can have in the in the hoop season already. There've been a lot of cancellations, a lot of postponements. So COVID rough. COVID take. I mean, it make you almost say, why did they try to play? But I understand why they playing. Remember, I've been saying it for the longest that that money talk. So they're going to play something. And as long as they see other sports going forward, they're going to go forward with some type of product. Even though it may not be the best or safest sometimes, they're going forward. Yeah, that's what's been happening. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it seems that way, right? Um, I'll, I'll say this. You know, who's impressed me so far? Um, Kate Cunningham, the young freshman from Oklahoma State. Um, I think they're undefeated. I think they've only lost one game, but unfortunately they will not be able to, unless the NCAA change their minds. You know, there were some violations that came up. You know, we'll see if they'll be able to perhaps post- participate in the postseason. Should there be any postseason? I feel like I should say that. Um, Houston, <laughs> Houston looks really, looked really good. Um, Kansas, got a, Kansas got a lot that they, they can handle from North Dakota State. So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that was a close one there. But, uh, I mean, God, it'll be interesting. I know the Pac-12 has already started some of their conference play, so it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting. UCLA uh, beat Cal, so it'll be interesting if they can get these games in. Because, like we've been saying, you know, it's already kind of been wreaking havoc already. Yeah, you had mentioned something earlier, y'all didn't get to about uh, a change that was supposed to have been happening. In, uh, USC had just mentioned. The change that may happen, he teased it going to the break. Uh, oh, what? No, oh. no, I thought you, I thought you teased some of the- That was you, Sid, right? Yeah, that no, was you, No, it was you, Lakina. I was? That was? Yep. What was I talking about? Oh, uh, <laughs> see, old age is starting to get to me already. Um, <laughs> 49 is not old. What? 29 is not old. Oh, uh, yeah, they had to play. Yeah, they got to play Arizona because of, yeah, because of COVID. Uh, their county has, the Santa Clara, Santa, Clara, Santa Clara County officials said that y'all can't practice, y'all can't play here. So they had to find somewhere else to play, and they're going to be playing in Arizona Stadium. So at Phoenix Stadium. So that that's why they they're, they're going to be have to they're going to be playing Buffalo tonight actually for Monday night football. And and, and it's another one tonight, right? And, uh that uh Dallas game tonight, right? That's tomorrow. Washington tomorrow. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's that's see I'm confused. That's how bad it is. But what uh would you did you mention something about uh Big 10 might be changing a rule or something? Oh, that was for oh, that was for uh, Ohio State in football. They may change the rule where they may have the minimum requirement of games because of what yeah, happened. They've had cancellations and postponements. So they might change the rules so that Ohio State can get in. Now, Michigan, they might be able to play this week. Who knows? I mean, they're still, I guess, they're still waiting out on um, testing. But, you know, we'll see. But if they don't, you know, if by chance they don't end up playing – Maybe they might change the rule to have Ohio State get in because if, if it were in right now, Indiana would get in against Northwestern and not Ohio State. But if they change the rule, Ohio State can get in there. Or if they if they find somebody to play, you know, on Saturday. So we'll see. 
Yeah, okay. Ohio State's going to be involved in the national college football playoff one way or the other. So they're going to they're going to find something. I I guarantee you that. Even if they got to expand it, they're going to get them in. They they're going to get them in. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I've already said that it's going to Oh yeah, they I've already said that they're going to get them in and by 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 whatever means necessary, they're going to get them in. What uh now see what you were saying about the uh Chicago Bulls schedule? Yeah, great transition as you're listening to Second City Sports along with Lamont Scott and Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Uh, the preseason starts uh, uh, this upcoming weekend, December 11th through the 13th. Of course, all teams will play two opponents, four preseason games in total. Of course, the, the schedule has been released uh, or was released over the weekend. Of course, Will Fogelson on the Chicago Bulls because we are here in Chicago. Of course, their two preseason opponents are the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder, but the Bulls will kick off their 2020-21 season on Wednesday, December 21st versus the Atlanta Hawks at the United Center at 7 o'clock. As of right now, the United Center will not be open to the public because of the pandemic and the cases are rising in Cook County. Uh, They may open it open up the doors as late as spring should should and hopefully the numbers will go down hopefully sooner rather than later of course uh, their first road game will be Tuesday December 29th at Washington against the Wizards and they'll stay there on New Year's Eve on the 31st and of course they'll play Giannis Antetokounmpo aka the Greek Freak in the in the Milwaukee Bucks on the road Friday January 1st so uh, interesting uh, uh, scheduling here by the NBA, in particular looking at the Chicago Bulls. They will play every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with a couple of weekend games on Saturdays and some Sunday sprinkling in here and there. So this is the first half of that schedule, which starts on December 23rd, which runs through Wednesday, March 3rd. Of course, their all-star break will be Starting on March 5th through March the 10th, of course, this will give the league wiggle room should games have to be um, moved around, postponed, or what have you. So uh, the Bulls will have their work cut out for them as uh, first, uh, as new head coach Billy Donovan will try to guide this group to uh, hopefully some respectability. Yeah, with, with the no fans, uh, is that, 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 are they restricting uh, family members also? Have you heard anything about that? I'm not yeah, I'm not so sure about the family. Yeah, because I because I'm seeing like in some in some instances where if you look at, if at the college ranks, you know, if you can see college football and college hoops. I mean, there are some stadiums that are not letting anybody in. You know, the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl has already said they're not going to let anybody in. They're not going to have crowds this year, which is going to be very very weird because there's about like a hundred plus thousand people. They usually go to those games, so, but I. But if you see in other parts of the country, they are letting family members and close friends in. So it all kind of depends on where you are, what region of the country you're in. But I, I think I know in some. I think I think some NBA arenas. I think the one in Atlanta. I think they're letting like family members and friends, close friends in, but not like everyone else. I know that I, I believe in California. I think they're not going to let anyone in at all i believe so none of their arenas so that that's sort of i'm sure i'm sure some of the southern arenas the other southern arenas will probably have fans maybe like close to like maybe 20 25 percent i don't know yeah. what the exact number but that's gonna be a word elements 
will they have virtual fans? Will they have cardboard cutouts like we've seen in some of these places? So that's another element that we're going to be looking. They're going to be. I'm going to be looking at. You know, mm-hmm. watching these preseason and regular season games. And, and, and what I've got to tell on the NBA with this whole James, you know, with the Russell Westbrook trade, with the whole James Harden thing. Do you think players just? I don't want to play with you no more and they get the chance to walk away or I want to be traded. Like, I don't, I don't like how that has become a part of NBA and even NBA talk. I mean, you signed your contract. That's what you signed for. Like now you get mad and don't go to practice. You didn't go to practice because you went to a little baby concert and that you're going to tell them I went to a little baby concert. Like, I mean, to his <laughs> birthday party. my fault. He went to a birthday party at the strip club. And, and so that's, that's, and then you don't show up for practice. So like I, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of that. Like I don't want to play for you now, so I'm an act a fool type thing. I think owners need to stand up for themselves a little bit more. They do sign your check, but you know that's that's just me. And do you think he gonna get sent up out of Houston? Or you think they gonna just deal with it? And him and John Wall gonna have a great family life down there. Here's the thing: James Harden is trying to do that so he can get up out of Houston. Number two, uh, with this player movement, you got to blame LeBron James because if you're a superstar of his stature with that kind of clout, as the kids would say, you have a little little room to maneuver and dictate wherever you want to go. I think it's a good thing to an extent, but I also think I agree with you. It's also a bad thing because you could do something bad and get away with it and you can move on. But uh, as far as James Harden is concerned, he's trying to do any and everything possible to get up out of Houston. Will it work? We'll see, but it'll probably eventually will eventually. But right now, it's not working. Yeah, you got you got a first year head coach and Stephen Silas, you know Paul's um, son, who's more mm-hmm. than qualified and worked his way through the ranks. So it, it's going to be very interesting because Harden is not, isn't really the kind of guy that that likes to stomp and complain. You would he he's not. So if the play, if early on we see there is some kind of you know, disagreement and infighting between him and John Wall and Boogie Cousins. Remember, he's there now too. If they don't, if they don't play well early on, yeah, there are probably going to be some people that probably are going to say, you know what, maybe Harden should, you know, leave. Where would he go? Who knows? That's the thing. Ain't nobody going to give him nothing because they know they're trying to move him. I mean, would you give him something? I'd be like, if they call Chicago, I'd be like, you can have Felicio and Daniel Gafford. I wouldn't give him, you know, who gonna give him some at this point? Plus, they'll slam the full. They'll, they'll, they'll won't even. They'll, they'll probably laugh and like, you know, hang up the phone on you if you you offer him cap or that's not. I don't think that's Feliciano and uh, Feliciano. No, no, no. Oh no! No, no way. They'll laugh. They'll laugh you at the building. They'll, they'll like, no, uh, hecky no. I mean, it, I mean, but a lot of teams ain't gonna take them. It's, you know, that's 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 hot meat right now. Ain't nobody gonna take that contract. And you gotta, you know, they might get them in Brooklyn though. They if they or Philly, I believe he's gonna go to Philly though. To be honest with you, I believe D'Antoni gonna make it away to get him in Philadelphia. You really think Doc Rivers want to deal with that after really what he's doing with, with the Clippers last season with Kawhi and Paul George? I, I think Doc Rivers just want to win again. And if that means dealing with it to try to win again, he's going to figure he was able to deal with Garnett. So he, if you dealt with Garnett, you, you can pretty much deal with anybody. So I think, I think he, gonna, he can pull it. And then 
he might need that leadership with MB. You know, he might can help MB. You know, I, I don't know how him and Simmons gonna work together, but you know, it's that's what I mean. It's 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 rough. Like, where can he really go? And even with like Westbrook say he happy in Washington, he might be. He get to put up a triple double every night. But well, he's got to play with Bradley Beal, so we'll yeah, see how that works. Yeah, I'm about to say, I mean, that, that's kind of Bradley Beal's team at this point. So do you really think he's going to want to play second fiddle? Yeah. He's going to find out unless we can get Bradley to come to Chicago and send them auto quarterback or something. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, they're not missing him at this point. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Um. I, I would also say, too, what, what a, did you guys hear about what happened uh, with the Clippers? I guess, you know, Paul George basically threw Doc Rivers under the bus saying that he never made any adjustments. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, really? That's rich coming from you. Where were you those last couple of, in game six and seven, dude? What the you heck were you? The side of the backboard. How'd you hit the top side of the backboard on a three-point shot? I still don't know. He the last person that should be talking. He I, like he he yeah he shouldn't be saying a word like he mm -mm, not at all and and then um, he was uh, he also was saying him and Kawhi was good and they good going forward they just needed better coaching and some more moves to be made but y'all let y'all six man go out the door y'all still might lose another person so I don't really see the Clippers like making noise and then Paul George was talking all that. He wanted to be treated like Kawhi was being treated. You're not him. We knew he was gonna show up. You're not going we don't know if you're gonna show up or not. You may not show up. You will let somebody down. Ask the people in Indiana. You will let them down in the playoffs. And Kawhi never really let people down in the playoffs. He mean he might have an off game and score 30. <laughs> That's an off game. So yeah, he should be quiet up there. Uh, I'm not surprised to well some of the stories I heard coming out of Clippers camp about what happened this uh, this past season. Of course, we all know Kawhi demands a lot. You're a superstar. You're supposed to play your hand. Uh, I remember uh, myself along with Jason when we were, <clears throat> excuse me, doing the shows from the studio uh, la uh, earlier this year in the last season. That uh, you know Kawhi spoke to Clippers management about taking a certain amount of games off because it worked in Toronto, and you saw what happened with him winning his second ring with the Raptors in 2019. You know he was going to um, do the same method with the Clippers, and he got his way when he told management to get Paul George. Of course, that's how they joined up with the Clippers. But there was no leadership in that in that locker room last year, guys. Who uh, everybody else on that team, like Montrez Harrell now with the Lakers, you still have Pat Beverly there on the team. Uh, who was <laughs> really the leader in that locker room? You really didn't have a leader. We all know that Paul George is not a leader. And you mentioned uh, his, his playoff struggles, Lamont, barring 20, um, 2013 when he was a young player with the Pacers. But we all know that Paul George struggles in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard, he's not really a rah-rah guy in front of the cameras. He leads by example. But you really didn't have anybody in that locker room last year that uh, that stood up and said, uh, enough with this BS. We got to get this thing going. And I, 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 sometimes your best player is not always your best leader. And you got to have somebody on the end of that roster or in the middle of that roster that say, hey, uh, a, a person who commands the room and says, rallies the troops together and say, hey, yeah. No, no more BS. 
we got to get this thing going. And you did not see that in the playoffs last year in the bubble. Yeah, and and, and I th that's why I think they could have got a person like uh, Rondo. It would have helped them. But he went he – Yeah, went he would help more with the Clippers, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I think he went – I think he's working on his coaching game right now. I think he's trying to ease mm -hmm. his way into a coaching spot. Well, he's with Atlanta playing right now, hell, backing up Trey Young. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think he's trying to ease his way into a coaching spot. Yeah, I think he's doing his coaching thing. Yeah, I think he's on that coaching stuff. But while we got a second, switch gears, because I didn't get a chance to talk to y'all about this. We'll talk, talk about uh, the Cubs and that Cal Swarber thing. Like, I know I missed y'all. I wasn't on with y'all the other day. Did y'all mention that the other day? We did. And look, I mean, it's sort of, you know, happy birthday to Jed Hoyer, by the way. He's a December baby like me. I love it. A happy birthday to you. Um, I mean, it's going to depend on what, what they decide to do. I mean, do they want to go, like, full-on rebuild? Do they want to, like, just, you know, tear everything down and just start from the ground up again? Or do they want to maybe try and see if they can perhaps contend? It's going to be a tough, you know, it's going to be a tough division to, to, to win now. Um, look, Schwarber, I think, you know, the White Sox, I'm sure, will probably make a go at him. Maybe the Yankees. Um, well, that's that's who else That's would they say that they most any basically any American League team said basically right for Schwarber if not if he doesn't go back to the Cubs for less money. Go go ahead, Lamont. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the part I don't get because why not move him when you could have got something for him instead of just allowing him to go for nothing? That's the part I don't really get, and like and I've never really questioned their decisions up top over there too much, but if you knew you wasn't going to bring them back, why not move them and get y'all something going forward? That's the part I didn't get. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, and they, might, they might still do that. I mean, if, if they do decide to kind of say, okay, you know what, we're going to try to contend, and if, you know, they don't play well maybe the first few games of the season, no matter how, you know, how many games they end up playing, Halfway through the season, do they end up maybe perhaps maybe trading some trading Schwarber? Do you trade you know some other pieces? So I I don't know. Like I said, I mean it's going to all depend on what what direction that Jed Hoyer decides to take the team at this point. Because there's a reason why Theo left. There's a reason why Lynn Casper left. I mean, there's a reason why. Yeah, I was over to all about the Lynn Casper thing. Like, whoa, where he hiding? And then he just going across town. So what what that booth gonna be? Him and Steve Stone? It's gonna be him and Jason Benetti for when you know when Stoney's off, and he's gonna actually gonna be doing radio. I think I think him and Darren Jackson. I think Darren Jackson's still gonna be doing the color commentary. So yeah. Yeah, that's that should be interesting. Yeah. So what what do you what do you think about that? Oh, what about that move? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I mean I've always been a fan of him. I mean. I can deal with Steve Stone, too, because he gets a little, you know, he the closest we're going to have to the Hulk, I guess. That'd be a homer, so to speak. And he'd be having Cubs and White Sox flashbacks during the game. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I can deal with Steve Stone. Like, I like Benetti a lot, but I, I can deal with Steve Stone. And, you know, but I had got accustomed to Casper. Like, who's going to be calling these Cubs games now? And And he was the kind of – reason to listen to the Cub games and they say it ain't nothing with Marquis 
But I don't. Marquis can't be too happy with him just walking like that. Like they they can't be. Now we got Sid back. So Sid, what's uh, Lamont would just you know making? Who are the names that are being flowed around? Perhaps maybe replacing Lynn Casper with the Marquis doing the Cubs uh, broadcast. I know that Chris Myers is in the is in the running from Fox Sports. Of course, he was named one of the um, replacement uh, announcers last year when Lynn was there and Marquis never was uh, starting up. But uh, I, as we discussed in our last podcast, Lakina, I would I wouldn't be surprised if he got the job because uh, he's in house, so you don't you don't have to pay him a whole lot of money. He'll do an adequate job. Of course, he does the uh, some uh, football on Fox and. Hosts very others various programs as well, so I I won't be surprised if he ends up getting the job. So I think the Cubs will be in good hands as far as a business standpoint, but as far as on the field, uh, you have to be careful uh, how you. I think they'll try to run it back for 2021, but in baseball sense, it would make sense to do a whole rebuild. But you go into year two of the Marquee Sports Network and how fans. With the various cable outlets not carrying that network and other various cable outlets getting on board at the last second before the season started late uh, this past summer, uh, you really don't have, don't want to go through it in year two of a new network. So in baseball sense, it will make sense for the Cubs to rebuild, but I don't see them doing that just yet. Right. <clears throat> yeah, for those particular reasons. And, you know, now, uh, Kyle Schwarber on the south side of Lamont, I think he will work because uh, his field is not as bad as Eloy Jimenez's. And number two, <laughs> the Sox have been looking for a left-handed power hitter for a long time. So I think that Kyle Schwarber would work. But that, that's, that's what I was asking Lakina when you, uh, when you was out. Why wouldn't they just move him, like, towards the end of last year to the south side and get something for him instead of losing him for nothing? Yeah, but I think a lot of teams probably may not want to, you know, take, you know, give away their top prospects because especially with COVID, they may want to keep their guys, especially because we don't know what the minor league situation is going to be. So they may, they may mm -hmm. want to keep their top, they might want to keep their top prospects. So that's, that's sort of my, that's my take. I don't know how Sid feels, but that's, that's my take on it. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I, w I would love to see him on the south side, though. He he can go over that little wall easy out, out on 35th. I would love to see him stay in Chicago. I mean, I, I liked him. I always have liked him. I, and we're used to it, though, with Schwarbs. I mean, you know, Eloy, you, mm -hmm. don't have to, you don't have to freak out when he – if he goes over the fence, you know, you, you he, I think he played football for a little bit. So, okay. <laughs> you know, Eloy, not so much. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what, what, movie, what movie was that? Major League? When, when he ran through the wall? He's going to run yeah. through the wall. He's going to run through the wall one time. Because he, he big and he's strong. He's going to run through one of the – lucky they ain't got them old fences like they used to have in old Milwaukee and old uh, Atlanta. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Those were well, – those fences, my gosh. Padded fences. <laughs> run right through them. All right, a couple of quick things before we wrap up. Um, this going back to the NBA for a second, that the NBA is implementing a new resting policy – Teams will be prohibited from resting healthy players for any high-profile nationally televised games, and violators could could result in a fine of at least a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? The Bulls ain't got to worry about that. No <laughs> <laughs> high-profile player or games, so it don't matter. <laughs> 
here's something that the, the, the NBA, here's something that the NBA used to do back in the day, especially with super, superstars like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. You could low bench by not playing them as many minutes. That's something the Lakers should do with LeBron James to start off the first couple months of this season, since they were the last one of the last two teams to finish up in the bubble. Don't play them as many minutes. That makes sense. In that way, by the time the playoffs start in late May of 2021, he'll be fresh. Yeah, it was, it's like they're not that smart. It be seeming like they're not that smart. See, like simple stuff that we come up with and think about, they mm-hmm. get paid to think about it, and I think they overthink stuff and don't think about something as simple as that. Okay, let's put them out there for two minutes of each quarter. The person that came to see that game ain't going to notice that. They're going to say, okay, he was out there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He was out there at the beginning of the half. He started the game. They mm-hmm. got to see him introduced. And that's all. I mean, it's not like rocket science. And the people that get paid like it's rocket science seems not to make the rocket science type decisions. So that's what be getting me sometimes. Like you just said, that's real simple what they could do. Yeah, because you didn't see Michael Jordan take games off if he wasn't injured. You didn't see that with Magic Johnson. You didn't see that with Larry Bear. Of course, he was injured toward the last couple of years of his career. But during the prime of his career, he didn't just sit out just to sit out. It didn't make any sense. And I know the NBA was in a different position at that time. But still, those players understood that you played the game also for the fans. That's, and that's, that's something I, you don't see too much anymore. That's why I say Kobe. I don't want to sound like an old guy, uh, get off my lawn type of, type of person. No, but no, you definitely see a difference. Kobe was the last one. Kobe was the last mm-hmm. one. He was the last one. Everybody else, and, and like you say, that prima donna type situation, like you can blame it all on LeBron from his, I'm taking my talents to the South Beach. It all went wrong on that day. When they when they felt like they was pretty much equal and could say, I want to play this and I want to play that. I mean, even even with uh, little Jerry Krause, look what he was doing with Scottie Pippen. And, and Scottie Pippen was one of the top 50 players in the world. He was like, you still play for me. And I don't think, you know, people in power have that type of power anymore. They're like kind of intimidated by the superstars, so to speak. Just like up in Milwaukee. They should be rolling out anything they can to keep Giannis. And they almost to the point where they, well, we going to try to help you. I mean, really – bringing in who they bringing in, do you really think that's going to change Milwaukee fortune? That one player, like, they let Robin Lopez go. I mean, bringing in that one player, then they showed you they couldn't get a deal done with the other cat. So, like, I don't – I can see him leaving. And maybe he need to come to a team like Chicago. Well, and I, and I also say, too, about the, the – the, this particular rule they're going to put in place. I mean, look, LeBron's got a lot of miles on him. He's 35 now. I just don't think that he'll be playing that much. Maybe they, maybe he won't play that many minutes. Maybe he'll only play like 20-some minutes maybe. I mean, you know, maybe the 25 or 30. I don't know. But uh, I think we're going to be seeing – they're going to – I think a lot of teams are going to try to work their way around this quote-unquote rule. And if they – and if, you know, because we know there are going to be some teams, you know, Kawhi's not going to want to play. <laughs> LeBron's not going to want to play. And I'm sure a few others. So – it's going to be very interesting to see how they really implement this rule. <laughs> you know, before we get out, uh, I was got my TV on in front of me, and I'm watching, uh, of course, my Joe Taylor and them show. And they talking Matt Nagy on the hot seat. Like, that's the headline. Matt Nagy on the hot seat after he blows another game. <laughs> 
Well, We've been got- telling that on this show all year. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he get on the TV and said now and that it's a big thing. We've been telling y'all that for what, how many weeks now? Yeah. The whole season, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, now since he's saying it. Yeah, now that everyone else is saying it. Um, Some important notes to Shane Beamer, who is the OC over – at Oklahoma is now the new head coach over at at uh, South Carolina, I should say. Um, he's the son of Frank Beamer, and for what everyone said, he knows how to recruit, so we'll see how he does in South Carolina. He's, it's going to be a tall, tall task. Look, you know, everybody thought it was a tall task when his dad, Frank, you know, went to Vod Tech, but he ended up making a, a power, so we'll see. We'll see what he does over down in South Carolina. Yeah. And, and some other news, the Olympics, they're going to give breakdancing a chance. You know, yes, the old breakdancing from the 80s, 70s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2020. I, I, got a, I, I got a problem with that. Tell you what. 20, okay, let me, let me finish this. 2024, well, they'll be giving it a spin. That's a nice, <laughs> nice little play on words there. Yeah, they're going to give it a spin. And, yeah, it'll be in the 2024 Olympics in, I believe they're in Beijing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Paris. They're gonna be in Paris. They're gonna be in Paris in 2024. So go ahead, go ahead, Lamont. What's your yeah, What's your gripe about? I've been Great. trying to get this in there. You can't read it. I've been playing 16 in softball for 20 years. Why they don't have 16 in softball in the Olympics? If you're gonna put that in the Olympics, at least it's a sport. <laughs> oh my I've gosh! Been, I've been playing softball for 20 years, and and why we're not in the Olympics? I mean, yeah, I go to the national tournaments and we travel all over and play, but why we want to go to the Olympics too? I'll I'll say this real quick and then we'll move on. Bring back those old school Soul Train dancers from the 1970s and 80s, and they'll just, shut it all you down. Talk, you talking about that lady with the long hair? I know who you talking. Yes, about. yes. I know who you talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bring Brad Fred rerun Barry from the Dead, and uh, yeah. he'll get it done. I know this is way before he got on what's happening, but bring him back as well. Well, that's how it looked. That's how he got to start. So, yeah. Yep. Most, mm-hmm. most people, look, most <laughs> folks under 30 will, won't get that reference, but uh, do check out uh, Fred Berry and Soul Train. You'll see what we're talking about on YouTube. Yeah, the lockers. And the lockers. How would you even judge breakdancing in the Olympics? That's, like, that's... I guess, like gymnastics and figure skating, I guess. The most spins on your head? One, one, two, three. <laughs> I guess they'll, <laughs> I guess they'll figure it out. So, what are you guys looking forward to? The, forward to this before we convene on Friday. Hopefully, they get some football games in. Like, really, hopefully they get some football games in. Like, and and the NBA, seeing who, seeing how many people gonna turn up positive, and who be able to practice, and who don't practice, and will Harden end up on another team? Will anybody else make? Another move, I, I officially got my Phoenix Suns jersey. I will be rooting for Phoenix, as I told y'all, and they mm-hmm. don't look that bad. So I, I'm going to call them. They'll make the playoffs before the Bulls. Yeah, when we reconvene on our next podcast, uh, uh, the NBA preseason would will, will be on the horizon. I'm just interested to see how the Bulls will look under uh, – New head coach Billy Donovan. They'll play the Rockets. I don't think James Harden will probably end up being uh, playing 
uh, in those games over the weekend. Anyway, so like you said, Lamont, uh, who uh, the NBA's testing has been pretty good so far. Only a few players have been tested for COVID. Not, it's not been a, a, a big outbreak, thank goodness. But uh, who is everybody going to be ready for the preseason when we reconvene for the weekend? Or uh, is it going to be a mess? So we'll just have to monitor the situation. Do you, do you think the Bulls team will have more structure? Just can you think it'll be evident from the start that you can see it's more structure? Or do you think you'll see some of the same old bad habits going in? Not necessarily, though. I, I, I think, look, I remember, too, a lot of these teams have not played in months. They have not played since March. So I think. Including the Bulls. And, and Bulls yeah, included. The, Bulls included. The sloppiness. I didn't understand the sloppiness. I'm talking about the structure part of it. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I, I think, Phil, look, Billy Dolphin is a very good coach. He has a good staff around him. So I, I think they'll be fine. I think, it, yeah, it'll, you'll, you'll go through some going pains, but I think, I think they'll be fine. Once Now you have a competent coach and a competent coaching staff in the back. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sid? Yeah, I agree with you more. It's going to take time for Donovan's system to uh, digest for those players who are on the roster, but – you can understand the slappiness early on. I think you're going, you're going to see that throughout the league as the preseason starts. But uh, it, it's going to take time going back to the Bulls. But I, I think in time they'll get in, they'll start, and, and they'll start uh, getting more of Billy Donovan's verge on what he wants to do for this team. I just want to see, I just want to see how, how everyone looks. Like the Bulls and like a few other teams, mm-hmm. they have not played since March. They haven't played in months. So – you're going to see some pretty bad – I want to warn people, you're going to see some – might see some pretty bad basketball with some teams <laughs> for the first couple of weeks. I think people just need to be patient. Yeah, it, it, it'll work itself out. It'll work – the kinks will work out. I mean, I, actually, I, I'm, I've been trying to read up on some San Antonio stuff and see what's going on with their assistant coaches down there. You know, Duncan walked away. What's up with Becky? I don't know what she's doing down there, waiting on, waiting on the job. That pop ain't going to get to it. NBA still gonna make her coach. I don't know why they playing games. I've been rooting for her for like two, three years. Have they even have they even said that haven't named his successor yet? Nope. Okay. All right. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, Duncan's gone. We'll see if, you know, Hammond gets a job. It's gonna be interesting to see what where that goes, because there's just a lot of a lot of confusion going on in San Antonio, no doubt. They're basically starting from scratch now. Yeah, and and she been there longer than anybody else, pretty much. And she's the only one off the staff that didn't get a job so far. So, we'll see. All right, I'm looking forward to a couple of big college hoops games um, tomorrow when we after this recording. Creighton and KU, we'll see how KU looks. We'll see how Creighton looks. Um. Let's see. Oh, another good one. Uh, Illinois and Duke in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. If that, if that, if that's still going on, because remember, uh, keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, because there have been a couple of cancellations due to COVID. So, we'll we'll see if that game comes comes up because that that could affect because the cancellation of Gonzaga and Baylor that could affect um, Illinois and Duke. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. See all of that there? That's just, man, that's too much thinking, man. They, they, need to, they need to come out with something where you can get a shot and play the same day. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Well, yeah, the vaccine is not here yet. <laughs> yeah, it can't get here fast enough. But I think it'll, look, I don't think it'll be just widely distributed until probably perhaps in June, May, May or June. That's my my prediction. Mm-hmm. Now, on that note, you follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina's underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott sixty nine on Instagram, and Lamont Scott sixteen on Twitter. You can follow yours truly on the Insta and the Twitter at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can go to our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can also follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other programming from War and Media by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor on there. And we are also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Yes, you can. So, and like, like, and subscribe. Get those likes up, folks. Yes, like, comment, share, and subscribe, please. All right. So, also, our previous episodes are on there as well. So, mm-hmm. just check them all out. So, you guys stay safe out there and stay warm because it's supposed to be a little cooler, more seasonal, I guess you can say, for this time of year. So, for the guys, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Support Zoom style, and we'll see you Friday. Peace.